The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Because we all have to eat, right? We all have to eat. And we don't all have to dress cute or, you know, whatever's cute to you. We don't all have to, like, do these, you know, fancy things. But we, we have to eat to survive. So I think that it's just something that, like, well, we've got to do. So, like, why not make it really good? And I think a lot of people find comfort in that. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. It's Kat. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're enjoying your summer. I hope you had an amazing 4th of July. I cannot believe it's already July. I'm just like, where does the time go? Do you guys feel like that? Well, maybe time passes with you consuming my show and these these yummy episodes. And speaking of yummy, so much food innuendo. God, I love today's guest. Half-baked Harvest. You follow her on Instagram. Her name is Tegan Gerard. She is a New York Times bestselling author, and she is absolutely wildly popular on Instagram and on her blog for all of her food offerings. You guys know I don't even cook. I don't get around the kitchen, but I am obsessed with her. So whether or not you guys are super foodies and you love to, you know, whip up good stuff in the kitchen or whether or not you don't cook at all. If you don't know who she is, before you listen to this episode, I encourage you to go to Instagram or go to her blog, halfbakedharvest.com, and then you will see why people are so crazy about her account and just her entire lifestyle and what she has built. She is young. I mean, she's been at this for about 10 years. She started when she was 19, and she has never stopped since. So we're going to hear about how she built her business, how she gets inspiration. She's going to give you guys some cooking tips. We get all of the skinny on Tegan Gerard in this episode. So I hope you enjoy. And you know, I'm taking an itty bitty social media break. So I would love to read your reviews on the podcast platforms because I'm staying away from Instagram just for a hot minute. So if you want to let us know your thoughts or give us more recommendations or tell us who you want to hear on the show, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I would love, love, love to read those while I'm taking my little social media cleanse. Does that count as social media? Not really. No, no, I don't think so. We're going to say it doesn't count. I love you guys so much. Um, Take advantage of our sponsors' discounts and even go back to the other recent episodes because there are some good discounts for y'all. Like Tata Harper, her skincare is incredible. I've been using it consistently the last couple weeks. And, um, And there's a discount for you. You just have to use our code. So make sure not to miss all those little bonus treats for you guys in the description notes of the podcast. So I'm so glad you're here. It always makes me happy to think you're listening. Again, big, warm summer hug to you guys. Love you so much. I appreciate you being here. And just, man, I'm going to get out of the way. You're going to enjoy this. I love getting to know Tegan. Enjoy. 
you guys, you guys, maybe you own one of her three cookbooks. Maybe you subscribe to her amazing blog. Maybe you are one of her four plus million Instagram followers. I am so excited to have Tegan from Half-Baked Harvest on the show today. Welcome. I am so excited to be here. I was I was just telling you off air that I have watched you since Daily Tens. So I'm just like so excited. This is awesome. That makes me so happy. Yeah. We were having a little blast from the past, like down memory lane, because, because yes, you brought up fashion right mm-hmm. away. And that was such a big part of my so job big. and what we put forward to the world. And you were so interested in fashion I at the time. So... Still are, but... I thought you were the cutest, by the way, so... Uh, well, you are. I can now say, I can confirm you are the cutest because oh. you're sitting across <laughs> from me. And you are adorable. You. <laughs> and I am such a fan. And before we get into your whole story... I always like to just ask people how they are today because you live in Colorado, but you're here in Los Angeles with us today in the studio. How are you? Oh, I am so good. I love like I'm getting out and traveling more is amazing. Seeing the sun, like just so many things. There's so many good things going on. So I feel good and I feel lucky. Uh, and you're smiling ear to ear. Does that have anything to do with your dinner last night? Because I was watching her Instagram. I was like, girl knows where to eat when she is oh, in town. No, because I have the friends that know where to eat that are, I mean, John and Vinny's is so classic, but like, oh my God, it was unreal, you guys. So here's my thing. I was like, oh, it's so talked about. Like, it's not really going to be that good, right? It was so good. Get the cacio e pepe. Oh my goodness. I know it seems simple, but delicious. And the, the chicken cutlet. Isn't it so good? And by the way, it stands the test of time because I don't know how long it's been open now, but it was good when it And go with someone though. Yes, for sure. But go with someone that knows the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good tip. Knows the menu, knows the space. Don't you love the exposed kitchen? You can see everybody in there doing their thing and making the magic happen. That will never be me, but I do appreciate the people that do it. But you were saying it stands the test of time. Why do you say that? Well, because I've eaten there several times and Mm -hmm. I was there just a couple weeks ago um, with my new boyfriend Mm -hmm. and uh, and we were just like it is it's like orgasmic. It's that good. And you just talk about it and you you savor every bite and then you're talking about it the next day. It's so good. Well, you order too much and I had come (laughs) from brunch, which was the stupidest thing I've done, but uh, you order too much, and like the, like you said, the, the chicken cutlet came out, and I'm like, the, it's the chi- it smelled so good, you guys. <laughs> I was like, whoa. What other places other than John and Vinny's in LA do you like to go to? You Just- know what's so funny is I haven't been to that many spots. Okay, I really need to like be out there, and when I'm here, I'm like working so much that I don't go to that many spots, but. I really, oh, I need to go to Felix. I'm dying to go to Felix. Mother Wolf, I'm dying to go to Mother, both, you know, but like, uh, there's so many that I have to hit up. Honestly, what are your favorites? Mm, I've been to Felix. That is insanely good. I've been a couple years ago. I wasn't Mother Wolf briefly, but I it was like an Oscars party and I didn't really eat. Yeah. But everybody is buzzing about that restaurant for people, you know, who do come to LA, come and try to get a reservation, but get it early um, I'm kind of like you. I do lean to Italian food. I I, I couldn't I could never turn down a bowl of pasta or anything with you know some garlic. I love my bread. I love I love to eat, and and all my listeners know I love food, and I I even <laughs> consider myself a little bit of a foodie. I just don't know my way around the kitchen, which that's okay. It speaks to the power of your work because. I I really I don't even I, I might follow like a total of less than five, I would say, food accounts. But there's something about what you do. And obviously you already know this because you're wildly popular and hugely successful. But 
I have never tried one of your recipes, but watching your work alone, the way you curate, the way you create your photography, the recipes, the way you work, I find it so soothing. I find yeah. it very comforting. I find I, I, it feels good to watch what you put into the world. And that must be part of the appeal about what you do. You must hear that. I do hear that. And it's so incredible to hear. Um, I mean, I just feel like I think I make it approachable for people. And you don't have to. There's so many people that don't cook that watch every single day. And they just, they say that they think it's soothing. And I'm like, that's great. Whatever. You know, like, it's probably better than what's on TV because what's on TV is like, yikes. So, um, (laughs) the opposite of the trial I was just telling you I'm obsessed with watching. For sure. And I think it's comforting to people. And, you know, and then some some people it's inspired them to cook. So that's really cool. And I love that. And, you know, um, it's fun. Yeah, I mean. You just reminded me of of a message I wanted to read you because speaking of that, I just heard from one of my followers on Instagram and I had to screen grab this because she said, she said, Tegan literally transformed me into a great cook. She opened the door for me to make delicious recipes and has truly turned cooking into my favorite hobby obsessed with half-baked harvest and cannot wait for this episode oh that is so sweet you have so many fans and i think your story i want to get back a little into kind of the moment you began cooking because you were firstly you were young but the way i understand it it kind of came out of necessity you have this huge family it's beautifully chaotic in your house you're on the land in colorado in this small town and is it true that kind of like It got later and later and later and nobody was making dinner and you're like, screw it. I'm going to just learn to cook and do this myself and put it on the table. Basically, yeah. So I actually from Cleveland, but we moved when I was in eighth grade. So I grew up in Cleveland and I am at the time I was like, I had five brothers, three head and two below. And yeah, our also was just chaos. Like my mom thrives on chaos and I don't do well on chaos, but my mother thrives on it. And my dad worked nine to five. So like, you know, he was busy at work and then he would go. He used to play this game called handball uh, after work and he wouldn't get home until like 738. And like he would do dinner because my parents thing was that like my dad would do dinner. My mom would do dessert. Don't really it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But like that's just the way that they did it. My mom was never really like the cook. She was always the baker. So we were eating dinner late, like, you know, uh, 839, 10. Like it just like it varied. But like. It was late and I was like bored of the chicken and the rice and the, I mean, my dad's tacos to this day are my favorite thing in the world, but we were doing a lot of chicken and rice and a lot of tacos and like a lot of chicken noodle casserole. So, you know, Midwestern food, no problem with it, but like it was boring and I was like, let's try something new. So I, you know, I've always been a very creative person, really just wanting to do things with my hands and create, like, please don't ask me to read a book, like just like. Or I love podcasts, but like reading the physicalness of it, like I've just, I'm just like to be visual, use my hands. So cooking was like a great outlet for me after school. I wasn't a school person, really did not like school, had a lot of school anxiety. So it was like a good release after school of like creative release, I feel like. And I would just come home and I would make these recipes and feed the fam. And, you know, my brother was so excited about it. So I think I really fed off of that. Mm. Um, And I really liked to be such a people pleaser in that way. And it was fun. It was a nice way to help out my family. And I just I just kept going. And I just kept cooking dinner every single night. Were you good from the get-go or was it trial and error? It was, I mean, it was trial and error. I, I can't say that, like, I, I think I ever created something that was horrible just because, like, I was, it's, like, basic recipes, you know? And, like, you can't go wrong with pasta and cheese. So, 
Um, you know, like it wasn't anything overly complicated and I wasn't like totally messing up. No, but um, it took time, I guess, to develop. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point, and I know your mom was kind of instrumental on this. I know that you got the name Half-Baked Harvest, the domain, yeah. before it was really even a, a blog mm-hmm. and whatnot. At what point did the light bulb go off? You know what? Let's let's actually make this an offering for other people to take advantage of. Yeah. So I, like I said, I've always been very interested in fashion. Kind of grew up my whole life saying, I want to be a stylist. I want to work in fashion. I want to live in LA. I want to do that whole thing. Like, I mean, I was, I loved it. Like I would spend my weekends, you know, my grandma had this mannequin in her closet that like I would dress all the time and we'd go shopping and things like that, all the things. And then if I wasn't doing that, I was rearranging my bedroom, like something, anything in design, anything to make things look really pretty and put things together that were really pretty and pleasing to my eye. So I always was a just a very visual person in that way. And so I was like, I want to be a fashion stylist. I want to live in LA. I want to go to school. I want to go to fashion design school. Like, this is what I want to do. I knew it. And I moved to, I had graduated early from high school with an associate's degree. So I kind of plowed through high school. Um, Interesting because you said you didn't even really love school and it gave you anxiety. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get it done. Like okay. I knew I needed to get it done. So you were a good student. You just didn't enjoy it. I was like a B part, okay. like a B student. I wasn't getting straight A's by any means. But you did pedal to the metal so you get the hell yeah. out of there, basically. Basically. Okay. Exactly. All right. Um, Impressive. I'm very like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Mm. And so I moved to LA when I was 18. And then I came out here like, like in the summer before school started, right? Got a job at Barbizon acting, modeling, and talent. I was a work in the phones <laughs> and like, you know, recruiting people. And I did that for three months and I was kind of like, no, I cannot do LA. Like, I don't know if I want to spend all this money on school and be in this place where like I'm, I was homesick, you know? Yeah. I'd never been away from home, all of the things. So basically, I kind of- Not had, to like, cut you off, but like, because- I, do, I love that you tried it because a lot of people have the dream or have this idea of what it's going to be. Move to New York, go to LA. You came, you got a taste. Was it mostly that you just missed home or did LA just not agree with you? I think it was both. Like I definitely missed home. I had never been away from home. Like small, I mean, you, you well, you did it yourself, but you stuck with it. <laughs> but, you know, I think it was both. And LA, the craziness of LA, I mean, coming when you're, people who do come when you're 18, 16, like, kudos to you guys because that's a really hard thing to do and it's scary like this town is hard yeah so I think it was a mixture of both and then not being sure like I was making the right move and school was so much money Uh, especially as you know that's the fashion institute of design and merchandising out here like it's a lot of money and I was like if I start I'm you know my parents are stuck and they were gonna you know support that and I'm like I was always the type of person to like felt a little bit of guilt and I'm like I don't want to start something and then not finish it and then like have everybody be out that money so uh long story short I went back to Colorado I was gonna go to school in Fort Collins and I'm like no I don't want to go to school in Fort Collins like I don't know what I want to major in like I don't want to just go to school to go to school and really my mom was everything's to my mom credit to be honest she's like you should start Half-Baked Harvest. And I just was like, well, I'm basically desperate. What else am I going to do? You know, like, and I'm not the type of person to just sit around and do nothing. Like, I'm going to be doing something. I started, uh, I had just turned 19 and I I just have not stopped since then. Literally. Yeah. It's been an ever, it's been a go full force ever since then. Okay. So how many years has it been now? Oh my gosh. We're like coming up on like nine, 10 years. I started in 2012. Wow. Wow. All right, guys, back in a minute. 
I've said it before and I'll say it again, one thing we all need to be taking care of is our guts. I know we're talking a lot about food on this episode, but there are other ways that you can get nutrients to your gut so that you are living optimally. I mean, it impacts literally everything, you guys, your gut, your weight, your mood, your skin, your digestion. And and because your gut houses up to 80% of your immune system, I mean, think about that. A healthy gut is truly the gateway to feeling your absolute best. But unfortunately, our bodies are being attacked every single day. They're wreaking havoc on our gut health, whether it's stress or just toxins. And one day of just eating crappy food, right? So Just Thrive Probiotics. I am a fan. I've talked about them on this show before. I introduced you guys to the founder, Tina Anderson. She's amazing. Just Thrive's breakthrough award-winning probiotic is the only product on the market that is proven to turn your gut into an antioxidant factory. Yes, this probiotic actually produces antioxidants right in your gut. That means you get maximum immune, digestive, and total body health and support. It's vegan. It's gluten-free. It's dairy-free. It's histamine-free. It's non-GMO. And I've got a code for you guys. Choose the clinically proven award-winning power of Just Thrive Probiotic. For a limited time, you get 15% off site-wide when you just go to justthrivehealth.com. Use code CAT, C-A-T-T, at checkout. That's justthrivehealth.com and use code CAT at checkout. Hi guys, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian, parent educator, and mom. And this is the Meaningful Living Podcast, here to make parenthood and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. We bring on all our favorite experts and friends and answer all your questions. And ours. To break it all down into the simple and reliable tools, tricks, and answers. We get into the real side of it, parenthood, relationships, you name it. So join us every Monday at Meaningful Living, that's meaningful with two L's, for conversations that will leave you feeling way more confident. It takes a village and we can't wait for you to join ours. At that time, because you know you're a good cook, you know you enjoy it, you know that like obviously you're getting the support of your family, it's like go, take the leap, see what happens. Were you savvy at all about the the digital business? And were you watching other blogs? Were you looking at other accounts? Or what at the time was going on in the space? Yeah, for sure. So no, like in my head, like I was just, I wasn't really thinking, I was doing, right? Uh. I was like, and that's the great thing too about being young is in a way is like, you don't, I overthink so much now. And I, I still was overthinking then, but like, you don't know right? You just don't know. And I was just doing like, I was just like, you, well, this is what's on my plate right now. This is what I'm going to do. And I did it and I went full force with it. And that that time, it was a really good time because blogs were just really starting to become a thing. This was like, Instagram was a thing, but it wasn't what it's not what it is today, as yeah. we know. I mean, Instagram's changed in the last six months. Yeah, so right. yesterday, uh, <laughs> it's, you never know what's happening with Instagram or TikTok. Right, um, right. And so those weren't what they were. And but but websites were huge. People were really starting to build their websites. And, you know, I wasn't thinking of it as a business opportunity by any means. I mean, I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Basically, like it was really just out of like a, this necessity of like, well, I just need something to do. And, you know, 
I give my parents a lot of credit for that too, because they come from very traditional households where you go to school, you know, you get your four-year degree and then you go, you got a real job, like a real nine to five job, you know, Mm -hmm. that's really how they grew up. But my mom's just been like an always an out of the box person and kind of like very like, you know, free spirited and like, like, let your kids do what they need to do kind of thing. I love that. That's so beautiful, by the way, as a parent. And I know a lot of I have a lot of moms that listen to the show. I love that the freedom she gave you, because by the way, you have how many siblings? Six siblings, eight, one of eight children. And and you all do such various different things and you're all uh, appear to be so good at what you do. <laughs> so I just, I do believe, I think that's so beautiful that it's so easy to put so much pressure on our kids to do this and do this and stay in a certain line or do it a certain way. I have a 17 year old who we are about to start the college process and he has so much anxiety kind of for the reason like you do that I think so many young people like, I don't know what I want to do. I have to decide today about the next, you know, 20 years. It, it's like, don't ask people to do that. They yeah, don't know. No. And who who would and how do you? And a lot of money is involved to your point. Mm-hmm. And so I do think things are changing. It sounds like your parents are kind of ahead of the curve, but people are just giving their kids the freedom to, like you said, do what makes you feel good. Do what like is in your how you're wired and what speaks to you. There's yeah. so much power in that. For sure. And Even the- if you don't know the end result. You didn't know you'd be sitting here today 10 years later with all these, you know, with three cookbooks and all of your following. I really think there's something to be said to letting people do their thing if they, you know, hit rock bottom even like my failures have been the things that I've learned the most from the things that have made me grow as a person the most I'm thankful for them mm-hmm. you know it's like the up and downs of the learning experience of life like you got to go through it you know yeah. um so I feel like that was a big help to me and then you know yeah they're 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 the greatest they're so supportive no none of my siblings have normal my oldest brother has a normal job but the rest of us do not have normal jobs um so a lot to their credit honestly because it's like you know my mom's parents if they like my grandparents if they were like you're what like to this day my grandpa's like what does she do again and he's like he's okay with it now because i'm like he's like oh well she's on the new york times bestseller list, so we're good like she does something that's legit like that that's legit to him that's so generational, isn't it? It's, it's like, if they can relate to it, if it's on a list they've heard of, then that means you're successful. So generational, yes. So true. So in those early days, how did you determine the philosophy, the food philosophy, the aesthetic? Like, this was a whole new territory for you to explore. Mm-hmm. How, how did you determine what kind of the trajectory of the business would be? Yeah. So the really cool thing is that, like, the business grew with me as a person. Like I grew with the business and the business grew with me. And like everything that I've done is through trial and error, through things that I love. Like I've never done anything, which I think is just like key. Never done anything that like I don't fully back that I'm not like fully excited about. Because my thing is, it's like, why am I sharing it if I'm not so excited about it? Like I want to be so excited about it to share with these people. And so that's always really, really helped. So I do think that I have a good business sense in the back of my head kind of thing, but like subconsciously. And I've always just really done things based on like, this feels really good. This is really exciting to me. And I've never done it with like this major, major plan. I'd say now I'm more strategic than anything because I'm older. I know things like that's what I'm saying. I was young. I didn't know anything. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. It's totally. You, you just, yes, you know, absolutely. see what sticks. I wish I had more ignorance <laughs> these days. I don't. Uh, right. I was seeing what sticks. That's exactly right. I was seeing what sticks. Yeah. And, you know, it's like throwing darts at a wall. Like, is it going to go or not? But like, um, 
it went. And I, but like I worked really hard on it. I mean, like I'm 24 seven. I made an effort to make those photos look beautiful. I made an effort to respond to my audience, you know, all of the things. And this was like when Twitter was really, I mean, Twitter's really big now, but like Twitter was like really big then. And like I was on Twitter. I mean, I was doing all the things that I, you know, knew to do at least mm-hmm. to try to get that content out there. Because I think once I saw the momentum, I was like, oh, well, this is weird. There's a momentum. I'm going to go with it. Mm-hmm. And I just kept going with it and going with it. And then eventually things really came of it, you know, and then it just kind of like all was like puzzle pieces, putting them together. And then, you know, it got st- more strategic, I would say later in, in the later years, which is awesome, honestly. Yeah. Well, because then comes the money and then, you know, then growing that, I mean, it does become a livelihood beyond just being a hobby or starting as a hobby. A lot of people's passions start as a hobby, but then, you know, when it sustains you and it is your work, you know, it does have a certain value beyond just something you love to do. Right. Well, it's like cool now, like even this in this last year is like, I know now more than ever what I want, where I want to go and where I want to take things than I did then. So it's cool. I was able to grow it and do it that way because now I really know this is what I want. Mm, I want to talk about the future in a little bit. But in those early days, let's talk about the pictures because you kind of established the food being kind of accessible and comfortable and nothing too fancy. I mean, you please put it into your words, but I want to talk about the pictures too, because were you shooting just on your iPhone? Did you have any experience there? Was it a fancy camera? Tell us a little bit about the philosophy in the early days once you had established it kind of for your audience and how you went about capturing it. Yeah. So I, for whatever reason, day one, like always really put an emphasis on the photos I, like I said, I'm a very visual person and we eat with our eyes first. Like there's nothing like we do. We do everything with our eyes first, I think, because just people are visual and they like to see. But we really eat food with our eyes. You know, like you got it's got to look good to want to eat it or to want to make it, especially to want to make it. It's got to look good. And so I just kind of always felt like that was really important. And I knew nothing about a camera. I knew nothing about like food styling. I knew nothing, you guys, like nothing. (laughs) But my my younger brother, Kai, has always been very into like cameras and digital and he's a he's a videographer now. But he had had he had like a Canon, you know, a point Canon. and shoot type. Yeah, DSLR. Uh-huh. And he made me buy it from him. <laughs> I bought it off of him and he showed me like, OK, this is how you use it. You know, and I just started I just started doing that's kind of how I do everything. I just kind of start doing and learning because I'm not someone that like learns from a book. I really learn by doing and trial and error and seeing what works and like just can I like to connect dots and like all of the things so I just started doing and I started taking the photos and like I've you know I've always loved to style things whether it's clothing a bedroom you know a dining table like I just I've always loved to put things together so I just started putting different plates of food together and like I didn't know what I was doing you know I didn't nobody taught me like the rules of photography or food styling or cooking for that matter I just kind of did my own thing. And I think that that really helped create my sense of style and my uniqueness in the space. I never really looked at what other people were doing too much. I always have like really just kind of done it the way that like, I don't know, I just like it this way. It looks good to me. Um, So I like it. And that's kind of how I did it. And I really put a strong emphasis on learning more about the how to take a photo, you know, maybe how to style a photo, the basics. And then I just kind of like started to enjoy it. And I... 
continued on. And I mean, I still, I still work at it every single day. Like I don't ever think there's one photo that's perfect. It could always be better, but Do you yeah. have a favorite photo? I mean, and how many do you think on Instagram since you started the Instagram? I mean, how many pictures do you think you've posted in this whole journey? Have I you have, ever checked? Well, I mean, I know the number like on Instagram. I just like hit 4,000 something. I 4,000 posts. Yeah. Wow. Or three. I'm not really sure. I'm not a numbers person. I try not to like keep track of like number, yeah. number thing. Like, yeah. I mean, like I know numbers, but like I try not to like obsess on it because early in the day, like I did obsess a little bit on it. And then I was like, this is kind of driving me insane. Yeah. So I kind of had to let go of that because I'm I'm definitely the type of person that can like really get onto things. And then like all of a sudden it's like this thing that drives me crazy. Uh-huh. So I had to like let go of that. But you do make a point to post a lot and consistently, six or seven days a week, correct? Yeah, I mean, I'm posting seven days a week. You on, are posting on, seven on days. social. I'm posting seven. And days is that a week. you physically doing that? <laughs> okay, not somebody on your team, not somebody in your family. You are holding no. your phone. You are hitting post mm-hmm. and writing the post. People always ask caption, me this. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. you're writing the caption, and obviously you took the pictures. I heard you say that, you know, because you've been so consistent. And I think anybody who wants to grow their social, you know, you hear that's obviously one of the key ingredients is you do have to be consistent and you do need to post a lot if you do want to grow your following. What would happen if you could not post? What if, what if, what if today somebody walked in here and they said, we're going to have a little exercise and you're going to take three weeks off and we're going to insist that, fine, you can go in the kitchen and cook or you can go ahead and work on your blog, but you cannot post on Instagram. Does that thought give you anxiety? So much, do it? So much anxiety. And <laughs> no, I do not think I can do it. So I was in Alaska this last summer here and there's no service in the middle of the waters of Alaska. And I was offline for like 72 hours. And I'm not joking. My family's like, oh, this is Tegan's going to be offline. Like she's going to be less stressed, like all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so miserable. Like what do I do without like, like my community of posting? No, I mean, it was great, but like it was also very weird, you know? Yeah. Um, so you don't think you could do a detox. You're not up for it. You're like, nope. Not unless I, I literally. Someday, break I think my phone. someday it's probably in my cards. Like when I'm just like I'm done with this. I can't like let's. But like right now, I just have like so much energy and I love so much what I'm doing that like it doesn't really appeal to me. But I mean, I here's the thing though. Like yes, I'm on social and I'm on a lot and I'm posting a lot, but I'm not on social. I don't sit there and read people's feed posts. I don't sit there and watch people's stories. Like I don't actually spend any time really within these apps. Like I spend time with my community in these apps and interacting with those people and in my DMs and in my messages or, you know, posting or writing the content or creating the content. But like consuming the content of other people, um, especially in the last two years, like I really have stepped away from that because it was stressful mm. and it wasn't really serving me. And I'm, I'm really like, I, this isn't, one, I don't have the time to sit there on my phone. And two, it wasn't giving me any creative energy. It wasn't like, it wasn't doing it for me. So I was like, I'm not gonna just spend my time on here. So I really don't. So yes, I'm on social a lot, but like, I'm not like staring at my phone all day long. Like yeah. my people take their their numbers of looking at their phone or, you know, 12 plus hours. I'm like, mine are like two or three, like nothing major. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that advice. I've heard that before too for people like, the ratio should certainly be create more than you consume. You know, some people, you know, definitely get caught in the scroll, the scroll, the scroll. They clearly are not producing all of the, the things that you are day after day after day. So creating, yeah, is is amazing. But the consumption, that is where I do think people get depleted or drained or like you said, lack 
creativity. It doesn't inspire you. So stop it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, like my thing too is, is like also when you see things on social, it's like, yeah, your brain's going to get that like in your head a little bit. I won't always be creating different things. And it's hard enough because it's like everything's been done. I mean, everything has been done, right? And so it's like hard enough as it is to create new things. So like if you're just constantly staring at other people's content, like you're not gonna like get any new ideas. Like go out into the world, do a little bit more traveling, go out, take a hike, like, you know, spend time with your friends, your family. Like that's, those are the things that I try to do more than like be on my phone. Yes. The family affair here. I think what's unique about your business too is, you know, people that have been at this for some 10 years almost or growing their business, expanding, end up hiring a team or have people they have to employ. Is it still a family business to this day? I know at one point your dad was out doing the grocery shopping. Your mom does the the business still, still. So we we have some, we have three other non-Gerard family members and they're great, love them. But um, no, my mom is a huge part of the business. My younger brother, Malachi, he edits my reels. He's not like a huge part, but he's always been a part of it and always would help me with anything. So he's huge. And yeah, my dad. My dad also is a, technically a full-time on the on the role there and on the team. Um, but he just he just does odd and end work. He's retired and he just does like the odds and the ends, literally like the grocery shopping, the cleaning, like very, very. Do he's they the know greatest. your dad when he goes to the grocery store? Are they like, oh, he's getting the food for half-baked harvest. He must be famous. I mean, you're famous in Colorado. They know what you're doing. My dad is the most popular guy at of town. <sighs> we live in a small town. He's the most popular guy. He's like, he's just, it's so funny. He has all of these random friends. I'm like, dad, how, like, this is the, the meat guy at the grocery store. Like, why, why do you know his life story? <laughs> my dad is the greatest. He is truly just like, he's, we also, we call him my personal therapist because I just, he just gives me all the advice and I just lay it all out on my dad. So we're very close. But my mom is a huge part though. She works, the entire back end of the blog is really, is my mother. I mean, I write all the blog posts and everything, but like she, the the upkeep of the blog, the ads on the blog, there's so much that people don't know about. And it's like this nitty gritty stuff that nobody wants to do, but she's so good at doing it. And so we've really built it together. I, you know, she's been huge. She's just, I mean, and both of them together, I mean, obviously like the support and the like, Get going to them for advice and all the th- those things like and they don't know this space so like honestly their advice like it's not I don't always take it because like they are not in this space but they're just great sounding boards and they would never that's the really cool thing I'm very lucky in that way my family's incredible and like everybody's I said doing their own thing so we're very like we know what's going on and mm. like everybody has a different opinion and they're gonna tell you too if you're doing something stupid or you're doing something that like you shouldn't be doing or whatever. So it's, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Have you guys been approached about a reality show? Oh my God. How many times? <clears throat> I, we're just not the Kardashians. A lot. Yeah, a lot. I can we're imagine. just not the Kardashians. Yeah. I have so, I honestly have so much respect for the Kardashians. I, those girls are business girls and I love them for that. Love learning about them. But like you also sell your soul and it's like, I just don't know. We have a good, we have a good family, you know? Yeah. So that was an easy no for you guys. But people love the idea. Yeah. My older brother on a reality show, Yikes a Rama. (laughs) Yikes a Rama. I love Um, it. Well, not to mention that, just also the setting. I mean, barn life. Tell us what that is like. And I mean, are you able to 
really, you know, we talked about kind of going off the grid a little bit, but like you, you are able to live in what appears to be this really tranquil, tranquil, beautiful existence. And you've got your studio and you've got your kitchen and, you know, it just like, we just picture it as just being this blissful oasis, you know, food and animals yeah. and land. What's it really like? I mean, <laughs> everything's better on Instagram, I feel like, but it, it is all of those things. It is so beautiful. It's a beautiful place to live in the middle of the mountains of Colorado. Um, I mean, I always say the summer is the most gorgeous time there because it's just green and lush and like, I love the snow from um, about uh, late October to end of December. And I'm like, get me out of here. It is freezing and all of that. But it's absolutely beautiful. You know, it's nice having the space. I, you know, come to places like LA and New York and like it's I love it so much. I love the energy and I love doing it. But I love having land. It is one of the coolest things. It's so nice to be able to walk outside my door go for a hike. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I find, you know, I go for a hike every single morning and that's where I get my best ideas. That's where like, I find it's like where peace for me, a lot of people meditate and I want to start meditating really bad. I'm just like, I'm not, I have ADD and I'm just like, not like I cannot sit still that long, but hiking for me, like is that meditative thing. It's so nice. Don't listen to music or anything like that. Um, when I'm hiking and it's just, great. And I'm not like an intense worker outer or anything like that, but that's perfect for me. Um, when you're hiking, are you thinking about work though? Or are you able to take both. in your surroundings? It's whatever. Yeah. I let my mind wander, uh-huh. like, which is so, so nice. Like it just goes wherever it wants to go. And it's a really great thing for me. But I mean, it's not all like rainbows and sunshine by any means. Like I like struggled so much with anxiety as a kid. And like, that was a big thing for me. Um, and to this day, but I mean, also like life isn't perfect in Colorado either. I mean, it looks really, really nice and all that, but like, it's just like everybody else. We've got our ups and our downs and our, you know, family tiffs and our issues with all of these things. So, you know. Well, thanks for saying that. Cause I just, do think that's so important. You know, we talk about that a lot on this show is just the vulnerability of I mean, that, that can always be the issue with social media, right? We're always like putting forth like this beautifully curated life and when reality is we all are still human we all still go through human human things every day and I try to show I mean like I listen I'm so blessed I all of my family is healthy like we don't have like thank god right all of those things I'm so I feel so blessed in my life but like you know we have all struggled at the same time too and like my child my middle school years were miserable for me and like I like, but I'm so grateful for them. And I think I learned so much from that. And I think that's why I can handle things better now than I could then. Like I've really learned, you know, I've learned those skill sets. So I also agree with you. I think that's really important to like, to show those things and like show that like my kitchen is not clean. Like most (laughs) of the time I have clutter, like all people think it's perfect, right? Nothing's perfect. Yeah. Honestly, that is one of the things when I, I, maybe because Firstly, I'm not a kitchen person anyway, and I don't do so well in the kitchen, which I've completely accepted. And luckily, I've been fortunate enough to be around people in my life who do cook. So I don't have to because everybody else does. It's cool. Um, But when people do share content with with all like exceptions being not food people like yourself, but when people are just even normally in their kitchens, like nobody lives like that. Please just knock something over or just sprinkle a little something on the counter that's just... Um, There's chairs on top of my counter because that's how I film my content. I put a chair on the counter because I don't have like a fancy tripod and I set my phone on the chair. 
I'm not even joking. There's I mean, your hack, guys, it's, right there. Oh, yeah, I have so many hacks. Hot take. Hot so take. many hacks. Wow. You know, what's so, I think, also beautiful about your work and such an extension of who you are and I think what adds to your popularity and success is you've also become aspirational in just your lifestyle because of your blog and because of what you share and nine favorite things and you're, you're sharing your interests and obsessions and what you like to do. And mm -hmm. I, I loved looking through your blog and everything from what you wear to what you're listening to, to what you're eating, to what you're, you know, all the different things to what's in your house, to what, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, everything was people must eat that up. Honestly, they love it so much. And it's fun to see. Notice I said, eat that up. Didn't even mean to. No. It's like just so fitting. <laughs> eat that up too, don't they? Hey, but I'm bump. Um, they, I think that's really what's, uh, again, I think I said this earlier, but like people really connect with the personal story. They connect with the families. They connect with the people that are like, who they are and real in the world. I'm not pretending to be anybody that I'm not. Like, I'm really not. Like, this is totally like, you're not going to get me any other way. And I love to share those things with people. I love to share my other interests. And I think that it helps people really connect with you. And I think that people want a connection now. Like they don't just want that pretty face on Instagram. Like they want to feel like they can also do what that person is doing, you know, and they want it to be relatable and they want to have a connection to them. So maybe there's a story that I've shared that they can connect to, you know, like a hardship in my life. Or they also, you know, my parents, like I said, they just adopted. They also adopted. That's been a big thing. Like people can connect with that, you know, or they have five brothers. And, you know, it's like all of these things. You never know what people can connect with. And I think that the more that you share, of course, be open. I mean, not everybody's this way, but like being open to it and being open to sharing and like it really opens, it opens you up to really scary things and it opens you up to really great things too and be connecting with people on deeper levels. Yeah. You were saying earlier that, you know, there is so much to be learned from mistakes. And mm -hmm. I think that's important for people who want to start their own business or, you know, starting out or trying to grow what they are doing. I mean, mistakes are just part of the game. Is there anything that stands out that has been the biggest adversity or the biggest misstep or just something that you had to overcome? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually going through so much of that right now, honestly, because I'm really like in a building growth phase of like transitioning and just changing things and creating new things, you know, and it's really, really, really hard. I have always, you know, done things my way, done things mainly without a team. So we now have a small team. A delegation is horrible for me. I know a lot of people say that, but like, it's horrible for me. That's a big thing for me to overcome. But also like bringing on outside teams too has been really hard. You know, there's you, there's so many things, you know, like there's PR, there's managers, there's agents, there's all of these things. And there's making all of these decisions. And then there's, you know, when you get into talking about things like books and products and like things that you just outside of your realm that you can't handle yourself. There's so many people that you need to work with and be talking to and be hiring. And it's like, am I making the right decision? Am I, do I go with this company? Do I go with that company? We've made so many mistakes, especially about companies that we've we've went with or like that things that have really set us back in, in a I mean, set us back and not set us back, but set us back in a way time-wise just because like we, you know, in the summer we went with the wrong PR company. Like it was so clear and, you know, all of these things that like, okay, well, if I would have actually, I had no PR for this last book that came out. And if I would have actually had PR for this book, like, and it did great. Thank, thankfully it did okay. But like, it could have, what could it have done? You right. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So all of these like little, nothing 
majorly huge that like set me back years or like anything like that. There's been so many things that I've certainly learned from. And I think that if anything is trying to, if anybody is trying to start their own business, communication is key. Like I'm learning it now. You've got to communicate and you've got to communicate what you want. And also someone who's young too, I think I'm sure you understand this, but like someone who is young, like say what you want. You cannot be timid in these meetings and things like that. Like you need to speak your piece and, you know, say what you want and don't be like so afraid going into these meetings. I mean, you actually talked about that, I think, in one of your interviews when you were talking about going into like meetings with E and stuff like that. You know, like you really need to not be, you need to stand your ground kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm I'm honestly learning all of this really more so now more than ever, just because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. The stakes get higher and higher, don't they? When you're successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like you're, you're probably in places now, you know, everybody wants a piece of half-baked harvest and, and who do you trust? And I mean, that Trusting is, is so that is a, 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 a nuanced space to navigate the more successful you do get. And I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I think so many of us are, no matter what stage of your career that you are in, speaking your mind, speaking your truth. And I, I love, I think it's, again, you're so authentic. I, I I think I read that, you know, I don't know if it's this book that you have here with you today or- This is yours. Oh, that's I know you don't cook, but like maybe oh, I, I will. You can. I will. You could just like. <gasps> oh, I, I can just come over. I, I can just come them. over and cook for you. Don't we can, even tease we me. We can do a dinner. Don't even. We can do a dinner. Me. Oh my gosh. I have. I have gone so far to save your recipes to email them to myself. Hey, I just don't think I've ever pulled the trigger. You're Some of those busy. chocolate chip cookies, girl. I mean, the sweets might be or the pot. I don't know. I'd probably kill the pasta. I really do burn my toast, Tegan. I really, really do. But ooh, and I'm actually going to ask you that question in a minute but didn't you stand your ground about the cover photo I did. See, like, I, that's a good example of like actually no you might have the publishing experience or you might have the cookbook experience but you know your brand and you said I want to do it this way yeah I did that was the first time I did that with a book too and I'm so glad I did people love the cover and I wanted it that way I felt fitting for the book and I said no I'm doing that and I yeah I did. Thank you. Good. Was did you hesitate to do that, or did no. you right away know? Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're doing it like this. The publishing world. I'm like, I've gotten to a point with the publishing world. I'm just like, no, I'm saying what I want. Like this is a, I not not even a thought in my mind. Like I'm saying exactly what I want. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about the food a little bit. Obviously, all of your diehard cooks listening who actually do make all of your gorgeous recipes. It is funny. I have posted, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Food content just in general is so popular. And I posted one reel early, early days, like when reels became a thing of me making the most basic pancakes in life. Like it's literally, I think it was from a box, literally add some milk and an egg. And I just turned in this little reel. That reel of all my reels has been the best reel of, or like gotten the most views of anything I've ever done. Wait, I was I, like, what? I have a question though. When this was, was this like, um, was COVID very much a thing. It was. It was very much a thing. So why do you think people, though, just in general, food content speaks to people so very much? Oh, man. You know, because we all have to eat, right? We all have to eat. And we don't all have to dress cute or, you know, whatever's cute to you. We don't all have to, like, do these, you know, fancy things. But we, we have to eat to survive. So... I think that it's just something that like, well, we've got to do. So like, why not make it really good? 
And I think a lot of people find comfort in that. You know, whether they cook or they don't cook, people find comfort in food because at the end of the day, it's how we gather. It's how we get together. It's how we can talk to people, get to know each other. Um, you know, it's it's just a comforting thing, especially depending on like the home you grew up into, whether you had family dinners or whatever it is. But like, Typically, at the end of the day, like everybody comes together and they eat a meal, you know, and I think that's a very comforting, comforting thing. And I think people associate a lot of memories with food. So if you have good memories with food, like that's going to make you like for me, that makes me really excited. Like pancakes for me is Sunday morning thing. Like my dad's flipping pancakes. He's put chocolate chips in them, all the things that's comforting to me. Right. So I think that watching other people cook food, is just it's like this comforting, relaxing thing. And I mean, if you love food, it's even more so. So, you know, I don't know. I just think it's something that everybody can really relate to. Mm -hmm. Whereas like things like fashion and things like, you know, music. I mean, most people relate to music, but like not everybody can relate to those things and not everybody enjoys those things, but everybody eats. Everybody eats. Sounds like a next book to get. Everybody oh, eats. Hey, there you go. Just they're on me about back. that. So <laughs> you might have just figured it out. Solved a problem. No, I do love the ritual of food. Again, I don't really cook, but I just, I do love just the ritual, like your, the experience, the shared experience is mm. so, so, so cool. There's so many experiences in like everything in life. It comes back to food. Oh, you want to meet for coffee? Oh, you want to meet for lunch? Oh, let's get dinner. Like, mm-hmm. let's have a family thing, you know, like yeah. holidays, all of it. It's all centered around food. Yeah. So it's a comforting thing. Do you ever get sick of cooking? Yeah. Are there days when you don't feel like chopping? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And (laughs) that's when I'm like, so that's why I was was saying I love doing trips. I love traveling now. And I'm not someone, I have like, I like I said, I have anxiety about a lot of things. And like traveling is definitely one of the things. But I've realized I have to travel and do other things other than cooking because it will drive me insane. Uh, So So you can break it up. I got to break it up. Yeah. And I'm realizing that now more than ever. But you know, if I break it up and I go and then it's great. I, I have, I feel so much better when I'm back cooking. Is there a recipe that you have shared with the world that has, is to this day, the single most popular recipe? There's a few. Um, my non recipe is crazy, insane, popular, homemade non. And then my, I have a Thai peanut ramen. That's just, people love it. Way back in the day, photos aren't very good love the recipe and then a skillet sun-dried tomato chicken and orzo dish Mm -hmm. i'm getting hungry yeah if you could only make one dish every day for the rest of your life what would you want to make tacos tacos i mean i would say pasta or like pizza but you can really switch up the flavors of tacos tacos are great i don't know i love a i love a crispy crunchy taco Mm. if you had to bake something for a holiday for the rest of your life forever what would what holiday and what would you make it would definitely be christmas because i love christmas and what i would make i mean my mom's stuffed by chocolate which nobody has the recipe for except for myself is that right (laughs) and my mom what's it called death by chocolate death by chocolate it's layer cake? it's it's so you know like you know back in the day i always say back in the day <laughs> back, the, they, yeah. no but they would do those trifle things those like in a in a in a glass vase and they would like layer ingredients it's yeah. called a trifle yeah and so it's chocolate cake chocolate mousse whipped cream and then we don't really do it anymore but she would sprinkle chopped snickers on top of the whipped cream 
And then you just repeat the layers and it's called, oh, and there's like Kahlua in the cake. Mm. And it's just repetitive layers of death by chocolate. Have you purposely not shared this recipe? No, I haven't. Not not purposely. It's just that like if I were to write it out, it's actually really long. But but the way she also does it too, she uses a box cakes mix. And I when I make it, I make a homemade cake mix. And I just never figure out how I'm going to share it. I just... And there's moose involved. I don't know. I just haven't. <laughs> I just haven't shared it. There's moose involved. I love that. For the non cooks out there, for the people who are super intimidated in the kitchen or might not have all the right tools or you know, just struggle. What advice do you give them if they if they decide they do in fact want to give it a go? Yeah, don't be afraid. It's just food. You can always order pizza or your favorite takeout or whatever. Like, and honestly, whatever you create is probably not going to be that bad that you can't actually eat it for dinner. I mean, if you are cooking with flavors that you enjoy, say like I have the most basic fried rice recipe going up tomorrow, right? And it is I'm just so, so, so basic, but it's delicious. It's literally like tamari, which is just like a gluten-free soy sauce, some butter, rice and broccoli and eggs. And it is so good. You cannot mess it up. And like, there's just things, there's recipes like that that you shouldn't be fearful of. And make sure you're also not picking recipes that are like 20 miles long and going to really stress you out. Like pick something that looks delicious to you. Maybe it has a video. Give it a try. If it's not perfect, like nothing's perfect the first time you do anything. So give it some time. Practice. Go easy on yourself, yes. people. Go easy. Okay. Um, Are you one of those people do you eat as you go? You know, you hear certain chefs say, you know, you have to eat as you go. You have to taste. You do all this. Or mm-hmm. do you just wait till it's done and then you dig in? No, I got to like, From I mean, I know so many flavors now that I don't like have to do this for every single dish or something like that. But I definitely like, if, especially if I'm just experimenting and throwing things in, you got to sort of like taste it a little bit as you go. Especially like I use a lot of like spice too. And so you got to kind of like know where you're at flavor wise. For me personally, I think everybody's really different and you should cook the way that you want to cook. Mm. I keep saying, I keep like trying to pin you down on like, if you did this forever, but you know, oh, I but, hate uh, a forever. <laughs> you know that that very common like rapid fire question that is, you know, what would your last meal be? What would your last meal be? Oh my god! I know people ask me this one all the yeah, time. Yeah, I know it's it so common, but so hard to pick one. Yeah, I mean, like my last meal, I would probably say definitely like a pasta because I grew up on pasta. My dad's pasta is delicious, but it would be a real Italian pasta. Have you like, been to Italy? No. So I've never oh! been to Italy. So I feel like it would be a real, I know, I want to go so bad. I know, I know, I know, I know. I want to Tuscany go. region, that's the food right there. The truffles, the cheese. Oh my uh, God, I know. you're going to love I wanna it. I want to go so bad. It's going to happen soon. So I feel like it'd be a real Italian meal. Mm. A real Italian meal with like some really good ciabatta bread or something dipped in really delicious olive oil like a whole side of roasted vegetables and like all the things. Oh, that sounds delicious. Okay, we can't keep you forever. So I'm just going to ask you a couple more questions. My amazing audience sent in a couple questions for you and I thought these were really good ones. Okay. Um, this one's straightforward. The best salt for everyday cooking. 
Hmm. Oh, well, I love to use kosher salt for everyday cooking. I think that for everyday cooking, it's a really great salt to use. Um, pink Himalayan salt is really awesome as well. It's a little bit pricier. It's a little bit more fancy, mm-hmm. but that's really great as well. Why and, is it better? Or would you know? Because I, I, I do see all the salts. I wouldn't know. It, the pink Himalayan salt has health benefits to it. Like it has more vitamins and minerals in it. Oh. And then I like to use the kosher salt though because it's not as fine of a grain. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to easily oversalt your food that way. And... Uh, yeah, oh, that I mean, makes sense. See, didn't know. Kind of. Learning. I don't know this. I don't know the specific terms for everything. I just kind of do. No, but that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Karina asks, "Do you look up to anyone else doing something similar to you?" I actually really do not. I really, I don't. I want to carve my own path, and I don't want to do anything that anybody else is doing. I'm really trying to create my own path, do something unique, and that nobody else is doing. It's worked so far. Thank it you. has. And then just lastly, for people, you know, who are cooking for themselves, she says, I need healthy and a delicious snacks ideas or a delicious meal idea when you're just cooking for one. Yeah. Cooking for one is tricky because, you know, especially if you don't want to eat a ton of leftovers, I would say like embrace the leftovers and cook some things on like a Saturday or Sunday that you can kind of enjoy for lunch maybe throughout the week because then you're really getting more bang for your buck, especially if you're a busy person too, you know. But you can also be cooking things that definitely utilize smaller amounts of ingredients. Fried rice is actually a great one. You can just cook it personal to that or you can eat, enjoy the leftovers. You can do really quick like pastas as, as well um, and things that are more personal size that are really simple, simple ingredients. Also, do not be afraid to take help from the store. Like there's not everything needs to be homemade. You can go to Trader Joe's and find incredible, incredible things. You can use their already, you know, like if you love the cauliflower gnocchi, like that's perfect. I think there's two servings in that or something like that. Like make that and enjoy it for dinner. You know, like keep it really simple. It doesn't have to be fancy and you don't have to cook this like huge meal every single night. You know, just like basics is good. Basic is okay in this instance, you guys. Okay. So want to just quickly talk a little bit about the future because you were yeah. alluding to the fact that you're like, I have plans and things are changing and, you know, I want to, what, pivot or change or expand or what's going on? I just on? want to expand. I don't want to yeah. pivot. I want to expand and grow and offer my community more because they are so excited for everything and I'm excited for everything. So I want to be able to give them more, you know, I want to get into product, maybe TV, you know, all of these really fun, fun, exciting things, right? And share more of my life because- Clearly, I can see there's so much excitement behind the lifestyle of it all. And that's really fun to see. And it's fun for me. I get to share everything. And I love that, you know, and I get to share all my creative things. And basically, if people, you know, I love to hear people's stories and hear what makes them happy. So I'm really just kind of trying to do what makes the people happy, too, because it's making me happy as well. So kind of full force forward. But I am so excited to get into product. I really want to do some product. Yeah. Are you going to tease us? Well, I think that everybody knows I got to I got to start with some tabletop for them because <laughs> they want to know all about my dishes uh-huh. and um, everything and anything within my home they want to know about uh-huh. and my and everything. So, OK, it's, it's coming soon. I have just so enjoyed getting to know oh, you. Thank you. This oh, was my so God. Much fun. You are amazing. This was so fun. I know everybody listening is going to be so, so, so hyped that they got mm. to hear from you. So, gosh, all of the continued success to you, thank lady. You. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Awesome. Lots yeah. of love. Thank you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. 
please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.